Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. We have a special episode again for you today. So the reason for the special episode is that uh, Amy has been sick for uh, 13 days now. Um, I've had the flu, not not COVID. All my COVID tests came back negative. So we're good in that regards. But I've had like actual influenza for the past two weeks, which might be why I sound still sick. Um, so we didn't have the chance to record. So we were like, well, let's do something that's different and doesn't require too much brain power because I have none left. Um, and Chantel started a new job this week. So I did. we're all like kind of frazzled in our minds. So we're going to do something <laughs> really fun, really jazzy. And, and I think, yeah, I hope you guys like it. We, You guys really responded well to our call submissions. So it's going to be a fun and exciting episode. Yeah, we roast other people's writing so much and we thought we'd put our own writing on blast for you and uh, and yours because you let us. We'll, we'll be nice though, you know, as nice as uh, somebody who's hopped up on cold medicine can be. <laughs> I think the energy you're bringing to the table is like the troll who lives under the bridge. And the energy I'm bringing to the table is, it's a beautiful day in the village and you are a horrible goose. I bring in the the energy of, I feel like my everything is on fire all the time and it's going to be fun. Okay, we have a peer review. This peer review comes from Robin over at Haunted Hospitality Podcast. Robin and Zoe are two spooky gingers who were kind enough to share their podcast promo with us, so I will drop that after the peer review. Y'all were talking about possible reasons Shakespeare wrote Hamlet, and I think it must have had to do partially with the death of his son, Hamnet, who died a few years before he wrote the play. The themes of death and grief, plus the similarities with their names, are too close to be a coincidence. That's, that's a great point. I want to want to snap it out. I didn't kind of mention also that like that probably was a deciding factor somewhere, you know? Yeah. Somebody just cleared up everything I needed to be cleared up. So that's great. Thank you so much for your time and effort. It's an interesting choice that he would make his 11-year-old son have the same name as like a son who lost his father. Yeah. I'm wondering if he was thinking like, oh, I wish it was me instead, you know? Mm, maybe. That's that's like a hot take, I think. But I think like there's a lot of like, you're not supposed to lose a child, right? That's not how like the order of life is supposed to go. So I can imagine like that really tripped up his brain, maybe. But then he also kills Hamlet in the play. So like, we don't re- need to read too much into that one. I mean, it's a Shakespeare tragedy. So everyone has to die. Everyone has to die. Everybody. Do you like spooky stories? Do you like true crime? Are you a fan of the Southern United States? If so, and if not, you should listen to Haunted Hospitality. Hosts Robin and Zoe are two spooky gingers doing deep dives into Southern stories. At Haunted Hospitality, we cover all things haunted and Southern. Borrowed in blue. Till till death death do do us part. We've talked about the ghosts of the Biltmore Estate, the Wolford family axe murders, and many many more. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever else you can find podcasts. We're probably there. Oh, hey, we should probably mention that we're friends. Are we, though? As two acquaintances, we get up to fun shenanigans. And share something Southern in every episode. As two Southerners. I'm not a Southerner. We are uniquely qualified to share these stories with you. So give us a listen. Subscribe and review. And always remember to stay stay spooky. Okay, so we're done talking about death now. Um... Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I guess not. We'll see. We'll see depending on the content of the poems. Yeah. Um. I just want to like, 
put this ahead of the episode. Uh, when we get to my poems, if we get to more than one of them, a lot of them were written at a time when I was like severely depressed in high school. Like I was straight up not having a good time with life. So before we talk about them, like I'll let you know when to like skip forward if you don't want to deal with that stuff, which is fair. But yeah, so if you're you're in it for like a fun, goofy poems, maybe don't stay for mine. <laughs> And uh, when we get to my poems, I wrote them in middle school when I refused to put anything authentic into the world. So that's exciting. It'll be fun. All right. Who we got first, Amy? Um, We're going to start with a poem from a lovely person named Bex. Podcast royalty of Twitter. Thank you, Bex. Bex Goose on Twitter does Potato Lady podcast reviews, and uh, we adore her. She supports IndiePod so much, and she also has her own podcast, Not Again, which is one of my favorite podcasts. I will be listening to it later today. So it's called Ode to the Unbroken. She said for us to, to go easy on her or not. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Do not turn away, you say, and turn to face the day. C'est la vie, and come what may. Just words, no meaning. And somewhere, someone is screaming. For help, for answers, for a god. In the endless sky, and you refuse to cry. And that is why the earth turns its shadowy side to you. The view is much better from where I stand. He says, see a girl, unbreakable, undefeated. Stand up, step down. No, you scream, and when the world turns back, you open your arms and embrace a tear down your face. He is your friend, no moment apart can rend the bond that you share. Somewhere, someone is looking over a girl, enduring, achieving, supporting, receiving, help only when needed, she has succeeded. I actually love this poem. It's like not cringy at all. It's not cringy at all. And she told me she wrote this in high school. In high school, I'm pissed. The stuff I was writing in high school was not this quality. (laughs) The stuff I was reading in high school did not have, like, you know, any, like, background meaning. Like, it was all, like, this is the foreground and here I'm giving you my stuff. (laughs) Uh, I was, like, I I wrote very literally in high school. And, like, she has all these, like, undertones of, like, chagrin and, like, resilience. And here I am not doing that. Resilience. Yes, that's a great word. Yeah. My, I think my favorite part about this is that it would make the snappiest spoken word. Mm, yeah. Like, I would never have used come what may in a poem in high school. I like it. I have no complaints about this. I have zero, zero qualms, zero complaints. I think, you know, maybe some of the uh, rhyming sky with cry with why. <laughs> you know, we may have some uh, some issues with the rhyme scheme here. <laughs> um but like okay so i don't really like odes in general even though i wrote many of them because they they tend to be like a bit melancholic but this one is actually pretty optimistic i think yeah it is it's kind of like our (laughs) um what was that poem we read there will come soft rains it's kind of a mixture of there's something bad happening now but there's gonna be something good happening later it's bittersweet yeah it's very bittersweet and i loved the the part at the end where it's like somewhere Someone is looking over a girl, enduring, achieving, supporting, receiving, help only when needed. She has succeeded. Like, I, I just really like, I love the end of this poem. I think it's, it's chef's kiss. Chef's freaking kiss, Rebecca. Yeah. So, Rebecca, uh, I would give this, like, five out of five potatoes. 
Okay, if I was grading this, I'll pull up my TA ship next because I think I should give grades to these. Okay. Because I think that could be fun. Let's find a proper definition of ode so we can let the people know. So an ode is a lyric poem in the form of an address to a particular subject, often elevated in style or manner written in varied or regular meaning. So the elevated style and manner, like she's got it. She uses some French. Um, she uses come what may. She has like a lot of allusions to like, you know, God and like, you know, upper beings so that's really good it's lyrical you could clearly sing this if you wanted to i'm not gonna try because i have zero talent when it comes to anything lyrical so i would easily give this probably like a 92 yeah i can see that taking out eight percent just because of the rhyme scheme i've never actually graded anything but yeah i i could agree with that yeah in canada that is an a plus i think in america it's an a where i think you live america man okay you guys think that like <laughs> a 75 is a c and i'm like what like ours, if you split it up into 10%, like 90 to 100 is an A plus, And then like all the other 10% are a full letter grade. So I guess ours doesn't make sense, but I like it better. So it's better. Yeah, more better. But this poem is good. <laughs> and uh, I like it a lot. Good job. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Next up, we've got Ethan. Okay. I think I want to start with this untitled poem. Occasional shafts of light break through the roof of leaves and shine on the path before me. On my own, I've walked this path for gods only know how long. On my own, I've walked this path, catching glimpses of paths beside me. Through the glimpse, I've seen people. I waved and said, how are you? Through the glimpse, I've seen people, happy and content with their paths. Through the glimpse, I've seen people with paths I'd rather have. I've seen paths of endless fun, and paths of great importance. I've seen paths of relative ease, and even two paths meet. Wow, okay, Ethan. Uh, you all right, buddy? <laughs> I like it. I think it's a little dark, though, and a little sad. I actually really like it. I like the, like, idea, like, everybody has, like, different paths in life. You see them, but you don't fully understand them either, you know? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Two Roads Diverged in a Yellow Wood. Yeah. That's not the p- title of the poem. The title of the poem is The Road Less Traveled By by Robert Frost. Which we'll get to eventually. I'm sure we will. We have to. It's illegal not to. But this one I really enjoy. I think it's less cynical than Robert Frost's version of this poem. I agree. And I like the idea that like not everybody has the same outcome for their paths. Like the, the idea that like some paths are like fun and some have importance and like some are like super easy to deal with but like there's this underlying notion like you know some of them are not fun some of them are not that important some of them like aren't easy paths to have through life kind of thing and i think that you know is really profound in the fact that like you know he talks about how sometimes there's life in his path and like you know it's kind of like it has like this clarity to it this like ease to it but like sometimes it doesn't and you know that's kind of how life is like this is a really great poem to like explain like the different types of lives and stuff and like i don't know how much you know about uh, indigenous treaties and stuff but there's this treaty between indigenous nations and like many indigenous nations but for our purpose we're going to talk about the um the ojibwe people um they have this treaty with the white settlers at the time called the wampum belt and it's like two rivers that you put your canoe on and you just like work kind of interchangeably your parallel lines you don't really meet but like you coexist really well kind of thing yeah and that makes me think about this a lot in the sense like we all have like our own path and like sometimes you know they meet but like sometimes they just don't you just have to like 
mutually respect each other and that's all that needs to be done, you know? Oh my gosh, I like that. I also really like that it kind of shows like you can decide what's important to you. Like some people want to pursue what they enjoy. Like some people want to pursue a career that they really like. Some people just want a career that's like, this is my nine to five and I'm going to go do what I like afterwards. Yeah. And there's also like some interesting like, you know, envy in the poem as well. Like, you know, sometimes I've seen like paths that I'd rather have than the one that I have right now, you know? We have this idea that the grass is always greener on the other side type thing. Yeah. But then you don't, you only see the glimpses of the goodness. You don't see everything else, right? You can never fully understand somebody else's path. That's true. That's true. There could be swamp in all the parts that they're not seeing. This is becoming a therapy podcast now. Welcome to Uncited, your internet's <laughs> most reliable therapy podcast. Don't, don't take that legitimately. We're not, we're not people you should listen to. Once we run out of material, maybe, but right now, no, please don't send me your problems. Yeah, I think I'd give Ethan like also like an A, you know? Yeah, he said this was actually a school project, so it would have been graded. Yeah. I think he did get an A. Yeah, I don't see any like really big grammar faults or anything. Like I might as well just give it full marks, you know? But you can't give it full marks because um, the next one is better and you have no room for improvement if you're giving full marks on this one, so. Fair. Um, I'm going to give it like a 98 and then we'll see if he improves. Okay, good. Next, we've got breathe. Ready? Yep. Breathe. The sounds of freight trains in the veins fills the head. The tunnels around the eyes narrow and narrow. Sand blows across the barren wasteland of the tongue. Breathe. Breathe. Like balloons, the lungs deflate. Everything leaves the mind till the head floats through the air. Breathe. Seconds, minutes, hours, years all disappear. Breathe. Breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Here goes. Good morning. Today I'm talking to you about. So I really like this poem because. So I watched this Vlogbrothers video the other day of um, John Green having accidentally sent his friend one of his like positive mantras that he was giving herself. Like, okay, you can do this. Like, you you've done videos your entire life. Like, you can do this, and it it gives me like this kind of like preparing yourself for something that's making you really anxious kind of thing yeah this poem actually makes me really emotional like it sets something off in me that's very visceral i have a little bit of performance anxiety but i think it's just it's such a good encapsulation of what performance anxiety is yeah it made me tear up like this poem's so good it's it's really good and i like how like at the beginning you're like okay where are we going with this right and you're like okay maybe he's having a panic attack um he being the author here not ethan the narrator the narrator and then i was like okay maybe he's having a panic attack and then like you keep going and then you get to the end and you're like oh like he was like psyching himself up for something this is stage fright you know yeah and i like the kind of world when it gives you whoo Whoa, okay. So those were really good ones to follow, but I don't want to follow really good ones because ours are not that good. No. So I'm going to read a tweet that's not a full poem, but is a part of a poem from Analytical Podcast on Twitter. Um, If you want to find them, they're at Analytical Pod. We had to write poems in fifth grade, and I don't remember all of it, but I do know that angsty 10-year-old Hannah wrote, Roses as red as blood, like baby blue birds learning to fly. And that the next two lines did not match the meter or rhyme at all, which were the only requirements. (laughs) But also rewrote one for college called, We Are Not Cool, and I still feel that. (laughs) 
I feel like we're getting into like our territory at this point where we're like, okay, she's on our level. Yes. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you for bringing it back down for us. Thanks for setting the bar to a reasonable level we can achieve vis-a-vis <laughs> your fifth grade or you. Uh, it's not really fair to compare like grade 10 people to 10 year old people. But here we are, we're doing it. We're doing it anyways, because the world is a level playing field or something. (laughs) Okay, do you want to start with yours or mine? I'll start with mine because it's a fun one. It's not a super depressy one, so we can keep the depressy stuff for later. (laughs) Okay, so it might have also been an ode. I'm not sure. It's called surfing. If only you knew how much I loved it when you started to surf. Your technique is impeccable. The way you maneuver around is astonishing. You flip around with so much ease. Some might consider it an art. I would love it even more if you would not do it while on the couch. What the fuck? That's so funny. I was so ready to be like, wow, I really like how you pull stuff from your life being in a landlocked province writing about surfing. But no, we're there. We're back. It's a double entendre between couch surfing and surfing channels. Very clever. Um, I wrote this, I'm guessing, in grade 10, um, when I was about, what, 14 at the time, I guess? I So I distinctly remember writing this poem in which I had written everything else, like all my sonnets and all the other things we had to tick off the box for the curriculum. And then I was like, shoot, I have to write this one. And I was like, okay, what 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 can I do? What can I think about? And I like I was actually like just flicking channels and I was like, I'm channel surfing. I'm like, oh, couch surfing. Yes, got it. I was like, it's gonna be a pun. <laughs> Yeah. I love a good pun, Amy. Yeah. You uh you lost me, but you brought me back yeah. with the pun. So that's that. Um that's a lighthearted one. The other ones aren't lighthearted at all. I'll come at you with a lighthearted one. I just want to read you these. They're not good. But so we had a poetry unit in grade eight, and we had to write our own poems for the poetry unit. Let me tell you something about poetry. <laughs> I don't like freeform poetry like the kind that doesn't rhyme yeah like it's fine for me to read but I hate writing it (laughs) I want to write like metered rhyming poetry I wrote these so fucking bitterly (laughs) I was so pissed I was like this is stupid I'm gonna not do a good job and then I didn't (laughs) okay so I had to write a bunch and they're all like four lines okay so we got rain Summer rain spills like a gift from the sky. The voices of the drops reveal their secrets as they fall. Puddles ask me to leap until thunder threatens to parade on my rain. She just took off her glasses because she just can't look at me right now. Parade on my rain? (laughs) Had I read this as your teacher at the age you were at, I would have been like, oh my fucking god. She's going to affect every single one of her English teachers going forward. (laughs) She's gonna make everybody cringe with these turning of tables, tables of turnings. It's gonna be fine. How the turntables. Yeah, I think my teacher read this and then had to like take a month off of work. I believe it. Like I would have just been like, I fucking quit. Like this is it. I can't do this. I'm out. I thought I cared about the development of young people, but uh, not this one. No, no, no. This one, she's she's too she's too bright for her own good. Let's just kick her out of school while she's ahead. <laughs> okay, this one is called the cat. This one, if you can believe it, this one is even worse. Oh gosh, okay. Is this about Patches? No, no, it can't be about Patches because I call her Graceful and Patches was the opposite of Graceful. Okay. I just want you to pay attention to uh, my use of simile 
and especially the variety of simile okay. in this poem. Are you ready? Yep. Flowing like a graceful stream, yet quick as a stream <laughs> over rapids. Her velvet fur shines under the gleaming morning sun as she searches silently with glinting eyes. The cat is a locked book full of wisdom, yet unreadable until the key is found. What's the key? You know, because of all those books with locks on them that we were reading in middle school. Well, diaries. Diaries had locks on them. Yeah, I guess diaries did. And they and they had those little, like, early 2000s little lock diaries that you got from Claire's where all the keys were the same key. So if someone wanted to open it, they would just need to spend like $5 and then they could open all the diaries. They could literally just use a bobbin and shimmy it around and it would open. It's valid. Yeah. I don't know what the key is to unlock the soul of a cat. (laughs) I think it's just you spend time with the cat and then the cat starts to trust you, I guess. For me, it's the water stuff at the beginning. Like she's a cat. But cats are liquid. So um, I stand by that. Okay, fair. That's that's true. Okay, at an eighth grade level, I probably would have given this like a B plus, you know, for like understanding that similes exist. Not making very good ones. The lockbook is actually a metaphor. The cat is a lockbook. I didn't say like or as. No, but the water ones. Just not good. Not good. Um, if you like water, uh, here is some water for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. The monstrous frothing jaws of the sea sees a panic-stricken boat biting ripping, tearing, rabid with senseless rage, the roaring gale goading the mass of angry water until it spews out the boat, which quickly escapes. (laughs) That's not how boats work. I think I just wanted a happy ending. Also, I had never seen the ocean when I was in grade eight. I had literally never seen the ocean with my two actual human eyes. You probably only saw Lake Ontario and you're like, that's a big body of water. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. So we're done with those. I like that. Um, I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. I love choices. Yeah. Okay. So these are going to be really depressing. So if you want to like skip the depressing ones, please skip to enter time code here, Chantel. Hey, it's Chantel in post. The first one actually doesn't have any content warnings, but I got you. I'll let you know. Okay, so we have a poem called A Constant Struggle, which was featured as an example for my peers. Um, We have The Woes of a Teenage Adult. We have The Pains of Living. I choose Woes of a Teenage Adult. Okay, The Woes of a Teenage Adult. I wake up at ungodly hours to spend time in a germ-filled class. In the house I work my labors, it seems that I am at an impasse. Can I forget my tormentors? The prom queen and her jock boyfriend. I hate their mindless foul banter. Why can't my curse come to an end? I am not alone. We band as one, in the library as a whole. My friends and folks compare to none, when I feel done like a black hole. I could seek help, reduce my stress, and make the time for better sleep. I should focus on my success and let it let go of it all and weep. I'll quit my job, be a student, do my homework the day of their assignments, and be more prudent about my own daily affairs. I'll even start to write about the woes of a teenage adult, and even if I do burn out, I'll know how I got that result. Man, do you remember when we were teens? And we were like, we're too cool to be cool people. Yeah, well, okay, so my like high school dynamic was really weird because we didn't really have cliques in my year. Like, we were like the smart kids, 
And then the people who didn't want to participate in school. Okay. So like, I don't even know why there's a prom queen and her jock boyfriend in this. <laughs> I think that was just a stereotype I decided to add to this because um, that was not what happened at my school at all. Yeah, same. The only thing that like came to fruition is that I did burn out and <laughs> I do all my assignments the day they're assigned. Yeah, you did do that. Like that hurts. <laughs> that was actually one of the like less super uh, depressing ones. So that's not too bad. Yeah, that wasn't so bad. No, but there are more if you want more. So I have the liberating summer. I also have life and death. I have the pains of living. Oh, God. The pains of living sounds like a lot. Let me see. Yeah, okay. We're not going to read the pains of living. I can read a constant struggle because it was used as an example for my tears of a sonnet. Okay, let's do it. This one's rough. Bear with me here. This one has content warnings for a mention of depression. So if you don't want to hear about that, you can skip forward 45 seconds. Okay, some might call this a selfish attitude. If you this way do think, the problem grows. I was not born this way, you have to know. Take me as I am, or you are so rude. To turn myself around, oh, I have tried. I cannot eat, I cannot sleep, I am sick. What is wrong with me? I did not go and pick this life, and in this I've laughed and cried. I do not want it to go on like this. I want to better get. I want to live. <laughs> I am not angry. I want to forgive myself. Survive, I find it hard to this. They say depression hurts, but tis much more. If only you knew how much it hurts my core. Oh, no. Okay, um, I feel like at this point, it's important to remind people that English is not Amy's first language. <laughs> so English is not my first language. I wrote this in grade 10. I clearly was focused on form more than anything else. <laughs> Sonnets are hard, y'all. I want to better get. I find it hard to this. Um, I'm actually obsessed with this. I think that it should be published in every poetry anthology in the world. I can read Life and Death, which is another sonnet, but not as not as bad, I think. Okay, all right, let's do that. Okay, this is from grade 12 Writer's Craft. I passed this course with a 94. Exciting. Exciting. This one's got a content warning for mentions of death, suicide, and grief. So if you want to skip that, you can skip ahead 50 seconds. That's five zero seconds. And we will catch you on the flippity flop. Okay. I faced my mortality as a child for my great grandmother who forgot my existence before I could understand what was going on with her memory. To my grandmother who had cancer my entire life and died from the bastard when I was 10. And my uncle who took his life a mere 45 days later. My great-grandfather went away in his sleep and my other grandmother passed on following a stroke. I still remember my crying from each of their passing on. I thought I knew everything about death, but it still surprises me about life. Very sad. Yeah, that's a sad one, but the... the it's a lot better than the other one. I mean, it's good, but it's really sad. Like, oh yeah. my god, are you okay, buddy? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a blank verse poem that roughly follows Shakespeare in Sonnet is how I described it. Oh my god. Yeah. It's not even the worst one. That's so sad. No. Okay. Let's let's do a little break. Let's okay. do a little break from the sads. I have for you. For me. A riddle poem. Ooh, okay. Our only requirement for this poem was that we had to do a poem that people would be able to try and guess the title and the subject matter. Okay. And this one is just so subtle. I just, the subtlety, I really nailed it, I think. I had a lot of nuance. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. We can be delicate wisps of candy floss upon endless pale blue or a protective envelope shielding the helpless earth from ruthless invading rays. 
Sometimes we are looming shadows, threatening, impetuous, sudden attacks. We brush the tops of the tallest mountains, untroubled by the thought of those close enough to reach us, for even they cannot catch us, just as they cannot catch the smoke of a flickering candle. Is it wind? No, it's clouds. 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 That's cute. I like it. I mean, I guess. It had to be non-rhyming, and it had to be unmetered again, uh, which you know I am such a big fan of writing. I think that's really clever. Thank you. Yeah. I did not think it was that clever, but also I had clouds right at the top of the page, so it was really obvious to me. Yeah. No, I like this. This has been fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have one more? Because I have one more. I can I can give you the liberating summer, which is actually kind of nice. Give it to me. Okay. The end started with our nice prom. Then came our lengthy awaited high school diploma, our reward, followed by appreciative tears. It was a temperate summer filled with nice warm days and cool nights. The sun was high and the water was a calm and refreshing blue. The sand burned between bleached toes. The girls tanning and boys swimming. The bonfire illuminating our faces around our circle. Summer jobs in the way of our last hangout, kids screaming about, are making us feel nostalgic. One last group hug to say goodbye. Packing our childhood into boxes, setting out for the big city. The drive over there is wistful and the university vast. Aw, this is really cute. Yeah. This is right before I met you. Yeah, yeah so I, I probably wrote this around... Oh, God, I'm going to date myself here. March 2013, I would say. So, like, right before you graduated. Yeah. So, like, I had accepted my my offer to our university. Really cute. I should also mention, like, I skipped this class a lot because it was, like, an online course that was, like, at 9 a.m. And I was, like, I have two spares in the afternoon. I was, like, I don't need to be here every single day. Um, I was too good of a student to just show up and not do anything in class. So, I just, like, I'm going to sleep. I won't half-ass it. I'll no-ass it. <laughs> yeah kind of cute yeah i liked it yeah i thought it was really sweet i felt like you really painted me a word picture yeah i went on a word journey yeah it made me feel nostalgic and i wasn't even there that one's my favorite i think better than surfing oh my god that one was so funny so swell okay I'm going to hit you with my creme de la creme. This is my my magnum opus of the eighth grade. Okay. We had a poetry anthology at the end of grade eight, and everyone had to put in one poem. And this was the poem I chose. And we were allowed to do anything for this, including rhyming, <laughs> which I liked a lot more, obviously. There was only one requirement, and it was that the poem had to be titled S.O.S., and it could stand for anything. Not save our souls. Yeah, not save our souls. Anything but that. Okay. The great journey of life is a scary one-way street. Following or leading all the people that you meet. You can't pass anybody. You can never turn around. Driving through the shadows, your wheels are on the ground. The rain against your windshield, no protection from the cold. But it's just a one-way street, not a pathway paved in gold. Soon the road will widen. Soon the clouds will part. Soon the sun will come out and warm right through to your heart. That's really sweet. I like Thank it. Thank you. Are you crying? I'm, no, I'm not crying because of the poem. I'm crying because my coughing makes my chest hurt. <laughs> Again, not COVID. That's really sweet. I like it a lot. It brought me joy. Thank you. So I'll tell you what I like and what I don't like about this poem. Okay. I think I had a really good intuitive sense of rhyme and meter. Yeah. Because I counted the syllables on this and they were very consistent. And it's almost like stressed unstressed. It's cute. It feels a little Seussian to me. 
Mm. Like Dr. Susie. Yeah. Which is fine. What I don't like about this poem is it feels like it is very meaningful. But then if you look into it for like three seconds, it doesn't really mean anything. (laughs) So what you're telling me is you're a professional poet. (laughs) I was always a professional bullshitter. (laughs) This following or leading all the people that you meet, you can't pass anybody. You can never turn around. Like you can't turn around in life. You can never go backwards. But um, you can pass people all the time yeah. if you want to. I don't think there was ever a point when we couldn't do that. I mean, some highways. Also, the rain against your windshield, no protection from the cold. Like, I guess it can be cold in a car, but if you have a windshield, are you not intrinsically protected from the cold? The <laughs> car would be protecting you from the cold. Maybe you are the car. You're a sentient car and you're not protected from the cold. Is it? Is it a convertible? But if it's a convertible, it converts. <laughs> so you could put the roof on. An unconverted convertible. <laughs> and then soon the road will widen, soon the clouds will part. So I guess then you can pass the people. Then you're allowed. I think what I was going for is that in school, you kind of like narrowed into these boxes. Mm -hmm. And then when you get out into the real world, which is not school, I thought at the time, you could just like kind of go in your own directions and everyone could do things that suited their specific passions and skill sets. Whereas school, it's like you're on a graded system and there's people who are doing well and there's people who are not doing well according to this graded system, even though they might be a fish and you're telling them to climb a tree. Yeah. I think that's what I was going for. And it's called SOS, Scary One-Way Streets. I mean, okay, as somebody who lives in a city that has too many one-way streets, feel it in my soul. Are they scary? Oh my gosh, I hate it. If I want to go left, I have to make like three different right turns. <laughs> I'm like, do I have to go down one, up one? Are these streets all one way or do they flip around? Oh, it's too much work. Zero out of ten. I have like two one-way streets in my city when i was doing a driving course i had to like drive 20 minutes just to get to the one-way street (laughs) yeah this has been fun this has been fun if you want to roast our poetry or if you want to submit your own poetry to be roasted or or not roasted if you're like ethan and bex and actually wrote good poetry in high school you can submit it to us on twitter at unsighted pod or through email unsighted podcast at outlook.com as well as our new fancy shiny minted (laughs) instagram which is also at unsighted pod i will be managing the instagrams we will have photos if you have photos of your pets please dm them to me i think that's how things work over there and you'll have the the chance to interact with amy as well as chantelle now because chantelle runs the twitter and i run the instagrams and you'll be able to see our our fun personalities and you'll get some behind the scenes look at the podcast and uh yeah we'll do some like bookstagram stuff i don't know i'm still learning how to do this guys like it's not gonna be perfect maybe you'll eventually see our faces who knows maybe maybe one day Actually, you could probably snoop around and figure out who we, like what our faces actually look like if you want to. If you are really committed. If you're committed to the gambit, you'll be fine and be able to see <laughs> what we look like. So follow us on Instagram as well. If you like, if you were like, oh, they're only on Twitter. I don't have Twitter. Twitter's a cesspool. Like we have Instagram now. That should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be super swell. We have more announcements. We are now at two honey followers on Twitter. 
Hey, we love you. And we are almost at 600 listens. So um, thank you so much. We love and appreciate you. Please keep spreading the good word. Yeah. So this was a passion project for us. It wasn't like we don't plan on making money from this at all. Like it just is. But it's a, it's a passion project that we, we want to do because we want to do things together. And it's even more fun to do when we know that you guys are along for the ride with us. We hope you enjoyed the special episode and we will see you in two weeks. And as always, We're excited. Unavailable. My magnum opus of the eighth grade. Sorry, Zach. Grade eight, (laughs) if you're Canadian. Like us, I guess. But we consume a lot of American media.